So, so far you're going to be recorded, but your pictures are not being recorded. If you do speak, your voices will be recorded. Towards the end, um, we're going to do some one-on-one -on -one things. And when that's the case, I will stop the video and you will not be recorded in any way, shape, or form. Okay? Um, my name is Shalane, and I welcome to our webinar today about can walking cause injuries. Um, this is something that we're currently doing a lot of during quarantine. A lot of people walk a lot. Um, so today the things that we want to talk about is uh, pain is not always gain, how we can have good posture, um, how to create good rhythm in our walking, when we should go see a doctor or specialist, and tips to safer walking. All right, so you know me, I like to play a game. Uh, we have a multiple choice question, and it is a little tricky. Not all 10 are common injuries caused by walking. Okay, so ready? Let's see. I'm going to hold this. Just a second. Are you guys looking? All right. So select as many of these as you think are right. So, is uh, plantar fasciitis, neuromas, ingrown toenails, bunions, Achilles tendons, um, osteoarthritis, lumbar strain, lower back pain, uh, peripheral artery disease, shin splints, bursitis, runner knees, stress fractures. Vote for as many as you like. Vote, vote, vote. Hurry, hurry. And we'll see what you guys come up with. Vote, vote, vote. Anybody else? Hi, Dave. Welcome. Everybody finished? No. Keep going. Keep going. It disappeared. Where are we voting? It's still voting right now. You can't see it? Oh, can't I, see it. I can see it. Yeah, I can't see now, it. If you have it in a small thing, it might not work. Okay, so keep those Let's in see. mind. I'm going to end the poll. Here and then I'm going to show you what you guys what you guys voted on. Okay. So most people voted on number uh, one, uh, fasciitis, um, tendinitis, lumbar strain. Everybody voted for lumbar strain. Um, shin splints, yes. Runners knees, yes. Um, the trick question is that. Lumbar pain actually is not a common uh, um, injury from running or walking. It's exacerbated. So there was your trick question. So let's talk about each of these really quick because all of these can come about from walking. When, um, when you have plantar fasciitis, this is one of the most common things from walking and neuromas, you have tenderness on your heels or tenderness in the ball of your feet. And now the plantar fasciitis, it's, it's this band that is of, of plantar fascia that is inflamed when it's, your foot is not supported and your arch collapses. So that um, usually has a stabbing heel pain. A lot of people talk about this pain. So this is very, very common. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send you guys a link for um, an article to read for treatment of these common issues. So then this way you have you don't have to take so many notes. I really want you to just um, learn and know about what it is that you don't know. Does that make any sense? Like sometimes we don't, we're not aware that this could happen to us from running and you don't know that you should treat it. So, okay. Now neuroma is the opposite. Instead of the heel, it's in the ball of your foot or it's in between your toes. And there's two different ones. One is the neuroma, which tends to be um, 
kind of like a marble in your sh on, under the bottom of your foot. You feel this like marble or pain under the or sh um, or stone in your foot, like underneath the toes of your foot. And I've actually had that happen to me. And um, the Norton's neuroma is a thickening of the tissue that surrounds the nerve on the ball of your foot. So that is nerve based. And for me, that was um, a lot of people feel that uh, tingling or numbness in your toes. And that's a really good indicator that it's a neuroma. The other one, um, the martisalgia, is a pain also in the same area, but it is because the ligaments um, that connect the bones are, are loosened so that they're not supported. And um, sometimes, so the, faint, the pain is very similar, but there's not as much tingling in your toes. Now, older people, overweight people, runners, they are um, at risk for developing this because what happens is, for me, I really uh, did a lot of research on this because it, it was very detrimental to me teaching you know, aerobics and, and group exercise. What happens is you have a little fat pad underneath your foot. So imagine this is your foot, and these are your toes. And if you're if the sneakers that you usually wear make your toes go up, and what happens is this little fat pad that's underneath your foot that would be right here shifts. So it's now on the top, and it's not protecting the bottom of your feet. So when you're doing a lot of repetitive um, motions where you're toes are raised, that can actually cause a lot of damage to your, sh to your uh, feet, especially if your shoes are not supportive um, or cushioned. So that, these, I, I put these together because these are caused by having not enough cushioning in your shoes. Does that make any sense? All right. And if you have questions, please feel you can also get ingrown toenails, calluses, and bunions from walking. And it is because you wear shoes that are too tight or ill-fitting. So if you have shoes that don't fit you properly, you are at risk of, of um, having these type of things. Now, ingrown toenails, it can be really painful. Um, my daughter Jenna had, uh, it wasn't an ingrown toenail, but it kind of was, and it was being um, rubbed by a rock she, you know, had in her shoe, and she ended up in, we were in Hawaii on a hike, and it was infected, and we had to go to the ER to get antibiotics. So, things like that can happen. It also can cause things like having your toenail fall off. So it, it is something to watch out for and to treat. Um, if you have diabetes or a circulatory disorder, those ingrown toenails really should be treated by a podiatrist and be watched. Now calluses are larger than corns and they're typically not as painful because they're more like dead, thickened skin. Um, the, they, Corns tend to have a central core that is painful and tender to the touch. So those are the two differences, and that's how you treat those things. The calluses can be painful if they have a fissure and they split open, and then you'll have risk of infection for being something opening your feet. Bunions and hammer toes are slightly different because those are actually your bones being kind of removed and shifted out of alignment. So these things you have to watch out for because if you're wearing um, high heel shoes, which I wore for years and years, um, and they're pointy, they push your um, big toe so that it juts out. And as as it gets worse, it's uh, it gets progressively deformed and harder to treat. So they do have these things at Walmart and Walgreens and CVS, where you wear this like little brace and it pulls your big toe out 
and you can wear you know like a couple of minutes to begin with and additionally more time as it goes on like while you're watching TV or something like that and it'll just pull your big toe out and kind of push up against that bunion so if it's not too bad you can actually treat it at home without getting surgery and then of course you know surgery is a resort but then you're shaving off the bone you're doing all sorts of stuff hammer toes is kind of similar to that but you know like if your toe is taller and your shoes are flat it's guess what it's pushing that toe down right um, so the second, third, fourth toe is bent. Sometimes it's depending on how your feet are shaped. So that could happen. It also can be a result of a medical condition like arthritis. So it can also happen the other way. And if you are not diligent in treating these, they will become rigid and be stiff. And then you might need surgery. So if you, there are, I'm going to send you that article and it, does have different ways that you can treat it. Okay. Tendonitis and osteoarthritis. They're not really the same thing, but I kind of put them all together <laughs> because um, it is inflammations. Um, the one is a tendon, so that's why it's tendonitis or tendonitis or tendonitis. Either way is okay. It is, um, it is this uh, tissue that connects a muscle to your bone, whereas ligaments connect bone to bone. So when you do pull these and they get uh, some repetitive motion, they'll get irritated and inflamed. And then at, at uh, the really bad part, they can get torn. So Achilles is a really popular one that happens to a lot of people. Does anybody have Achilles issues? Anyone? Um, so the, it's actually the largest tendon and in the human body. <laughs> Useless fact. But um, when it's stretched beyond capacity, it can often easily tear. So this happens a, a lot after landing of a jump pivoting or trying to pick up your speed and really pushing off with your feet. So it's whenever you like really push um, past your heel and you stretch that too much. So now the telltale sign of a rupture is the inability to bend your foot downward or push off the injured foot when you try to walk. This can also happen if you um, have flat feet, if one leg is shorter than the other, other leg. If you have really tight calf muscles, which we all do, so this is why we try to stretch our calves before we walk. Um, if you're wearing the wrong type of shoes, um, and also if you walk too much and really overdo it without um, any sort of preparation. So, your, yes, anyone? Jaylene, could you yes. turn on? Lenora, say that again. Shailene, could you, my mic could you too turn low? up the volume a little bit? Okay, yes. You know what? My mic was on too low. Is that better? Awesome. All right. Please tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Okay. So, osteoarthritis is um, a degenerative disease that causes. Yesterday, uh, members Lenora, of the Union laid pairs of shoes on the U.S. Capitol lawn. Each pair represents a colleague who died um, while treating. Lenora, can you mute yourself? Okay, great. Thank you so much. Sorry. Hi, Susie, by the way. Um, okay, so osteoarthritis is causing the, the bones to rub against each other. So when you have cartilage, it protects, it's like a little buffer, like a little cushion in between your bones. And when you do a lot of repetitive motion, especially in ways that the bones are not meant to go, then it wears it down much faster. So if you twist your ankles, um, or if you bend your knees and you twist your knees, then that can rub your bones together. So 
um, that's when you hear little cracking sounds in your in your bones when you move so that's one of the signs that yeah <laughs> right that 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 is something that is developing so it, it happens on weight-bearing joints such as the spine your knees your hips and your toes although some people like me get it in their fingers so when you have those two things you want to take a break and start back up slowly it doesn't mean stop exercising it just means you really need to give your body time to rest and let those heal now like tendons um, take a long time to heal because it's not getting as much blood as muscles so muscles heal much faster right so when we get sore muscles from exercising it'll last for a day and then after a day it'll be fine but if you hurt your tendons or a joint it'll take much much longer okay let's see the next one is the one that we were all thinking would happen because of walking but actually um, it is <laughs> walking doesn't actually cause lower back pain but most people have an existing injury that causes that pain to spiral out of control so then you notice it more so that's why people are like oh I get lower back pain when I walk um, it's one of those like little spiroscopes like you take a little weight and you swing it on the top and then the thing on the bottom gets worse so your spine your lower back is in the middle that's that's your core that supports your core so your core is your whole entire front and your back not just your abs but also your lower back and there's muscles all around it and your spine is in the middle being moved around right so when the muscles around your body around the core are weak it can cause your core to be weak and to be out of control so when um, you have things such as arthritis or inflammation around the nerves you can also get pain around that region you can um, also have things like uh, so the lumbar spine is L right and it has five vertebrae so it starts one through five they also have little soft discs that we were talking about for cushion sometimes the discs bulge out or the discs get worn out and when that happens you can get pinched nerves and that will travel down to your legs so that's a lot of people gets um, lumbar spinal stenosis or um, um, or uh, I just blanked out my father had it too why did I blank out on the name oh it was like I would never forget this and I forgot it so um, herniated discs nope bone spurs nope well bone spurs are sli slightly different keep guessing <laughs> oh my goodness sciatica <laughs> I can't believe I forgot this. So my dad suffered from really bad sciatica. And um, depending on where your nerves are pinched, it'll affect different pain in your legs. So he had um, really bad sciatica and it would radiate down um, past his butt into his inner leg. And so that was L4, L5, S1, S2. So you could tell like depending on where the pain is, which nerves are being pinched because the nerves go past your spine and that part of the spine is being pinched all right anyway so there is a really good article from john hopkins that i can send out if you are interested in knowing more about lower back pain okay oops i passed it okay now pad is something that we don't really talk about a lot that's not getting a lot of traction in the news but it affects up to 10 million Americans. So it, it's, it's pretty popular. It can happen to, you know, I think um, more people than we think. We were taught that um, originally it was more men than women that are getting this, but actually just as many women are getting these too. So this is something that we all need to be aware about. Um, it, it is, tends to, if you have 
uh, cold lower legs or feet, high blood pressure, if you're a smoker, if you have high cholesterol, diabetes, those are very, um, those are more likely to increase your chances of having this peripheral artery disease. So that's when your arteries are being blocked by fatty deposits. So the high cholesterol is a big one, right? So when you get muscle cramping, pain, and numbness, that stops almost right after you exercise, this is something you really have to ask your primary care physician about because that could be something that could be prevented and watched. It can put your heart and your brain at risk. So this is, it has very serious consequences and if you catch it early, is something that you can prevent. Now the thing with this one is it's kind of tricky because you think you have this pain, you should stop exercising. But it's the opposite. You really actually need to keep exercising to make this be better. So it's the same thing with the spine. It's one of those, you know, you really do need to keep going even though you do still have pain. <laughs> so it's a little counterintuitive, but there you have it. If you do get this intense muscle pain and cramping and numbness, then that is something that you should check. Now, if you have numbness in, um, sorry, not numbness, but like pain and soreness in your muscles when you are exercising, it's going to be a consistent pain for a day. It's not gonna stop immediately after you stop exercising. So that's what to watch out for. So if you have like a soreness, it happens if you overwork a muscle and that's kind of good because that's, you know, ripping the fibers apart and then building them back together stronger. But if, again, that's something that we really need to be aware of that we don't. So there is a really good um, article from Harvard that talks about that. Uh, shin splints. Now, all of the talking points that I have, I have in a Word document. So you guys can keep them after the seminar if you wanted to download them. It helps you doesn't have my antidotes, but it has most of my talking points. <laughs> um, let's see. So shin splints and bursitis, two different things, I know, but they both are sore. So this is what I was trying to, uh, if you have soreness in the front of your legs, like right here, it is your anterior tibialis. So when we are in classes, when you take classes with me, you see me do a lot of walk forwards and walk backs because the walk back actually works out the anterior tibialis the, and the posterior tibialis. The um, other thing that we do for senior, uh, senior weight classes a lot of times is we do toe lifts. And that one is for that reason as well. So if you see the old person that like bends over and shuffles, right? That person's cannot lift up their toes. So this, this muscle right here, the anterior tibialis muscle, allows for the bending up of your foot. So if you can't pick up your foot, it's because this muscle is, um, is too, uh, too weak and your calf muscles are too tight. So then that will make you shuffle. And guess what, if you shuffle, you're more likely to have your head forward and fall. So falling is a really big risk of walking that we need to consider. Um, bursitis are kind of like soreness on the hips. And so these little bursa, these little uh, fluid sacs get inflamed uh, from repetitive stress. And oops, sorry. And um, it can happen from a lot of injury, infection, um, leg length discrepancy is a big one, and knee placement and ankle placement is another big one. So I'll talk about that really shortly. Okay, runner's knee. The common symptoms are like pain as soon as your foot hits the ground, your kneecap hurts. 
So you have your pain in your patella when people say that to you. It's actually, a, you know, a pain right in your kneecap. Um, oops, I didn't actually write that one down. Okay. So that one, you have to make sure you stop and rest those and you try to keep your knees behind your toes. And we'll talk about that as well. Stress fractures, last one. If you feel any sort of pain or tenderness when you press on one specific spot, you might have a stress fracture. They happen anywhere from in your foot, your knee, but most likely it happens in your lower leg. And this comes from repetitive motion and impact. So it's more likely to happen when you're on um, hard floors like concrete and do high impact um, motions. Sometimes, you know, you don't even realize because they're so small, but it can get worse with more movement. So then you can have a small one and then it could get progressively worse. So if you do feel those type of pains, you should stop and rest it. Okay, now that we know about all of these injuries, how do we prevent some of them, right? The kinetic chain is your posture. It's, it's actually um, the base of where your body can generate and accept force. So let's do an exercise. We'll all stand up, except for me, because I have to see all of you. <laughs> and we'll talk about posture. Okay, so stand up where I can see you. Good, 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 good. All right. First thing we want to do is we want to make sure that we don't have any tilts. So let's turn to the side and give me a Beyonce. So stick out the tush. Stick out the tush like you're Beyonce, like you're this person. Stick it out. Stick out your chest and stick out your tush, like your Kim Kardashian. There you go. All right, now tuck in your hips like your Urkel. Tuck in your hips like your Urkel. Good, now release. When you release, that is your neutral spine. Okay, so that is kind of where you need to be. And if you need to readjust, squeeze it in, push it out, squeeze it in, push it out, and then relax, and that should be your neutral spine. Good. You guys all look good. Now, these are, if you guys want to take a look, these are common side issues. If you're swaying too far back, if you're staying too far forward, if your shoulders are humped, if your head is forward. So those are all different kinds of issues that you can look at. Now, what you can do is when you're at home, ask somebody um, to take a picture of you standing from your side, from your front, and from your back. And that will help you gauge if you are off. Okay? All right. I'm not gonna go into this very, very um, excessively, but if you're looking at yourself straight on, you wanna look to make sure that your shoulders are straight and that your hips are straight and that your legs are straight. Now, do not lock your knees when you do this. So if you see any sort of tilt, this is why ballerinas wear that little belt during um, practice because then the instructor can see if their hips are off. Now what happens, this is a very common um, thing that you see everywhere. People put their knees in. So people, when they sit down, their knees go in when they lean over, their knees go in one direction, and when they squat, you know, or, or bend in any ways, this is very, very dangerous. And this is a very common um, distortion of your knees. It's called knock knees. It leads to things like flat feet or is caused by things like flat feet. And it causes all sorts of muscle inadequacies which we're not gonna talk about. But basically what happens is, if you think about it, if you're standing up, right? Turn one knee in. Do you feel pressure on the inside of that knee? Yes, right? So you'll have meniscus pain, you'll have bursitis, 
and you'll have ankle pain if you keep doing that and do that when you're walking. Yes? Does that make sense? Yes, right? Good. The other thing that's a problem is lower cross syndrome. So it's not as big of a problem, but it does happen. happen. So basically what happens is it causes, it's, it happens to a lot of men, sorry, with, or pregnant women, um, larger bellies. Because what happens is you arch your back and you stick out your stomach because your stomach is heavier, right? So what happens with this is your abs are very, very weak. Your glutes are very, very weak. You have really, really tight lower back and you have really, really tight hip flexors. So that takes, what we have to do is then work on loosening these tight items and strengthening the weak items. Does that make sense? So when we're doing things, you have to focus on um, doing um, opposite motions, which would be motions to the back, like lifting of the glutes and stretching uh, the hip flexors. So when you lift the butt cheek, you're gonna stretch your hip flexors, which is why in class, we do a lot of those rear leg kind of movements. And the other thing is to work on your abs and then stretch your lower back. Good? Yes? So for a lower back stretch, you guys can um, grab your elbows, lean slightly forward, and just kind of hang forward and roll. Yeah? Do you feel that stretch in your lower back? So try not to sway your hips too much and just sway your arms. Sway your arms side to side and not so much your hips. Good. All right. The other thing that we can talk about with posture, if you're walking, that can cause a lot of problems is texting or putting your head down. Now my mom does this and when we were in Taiwan, she was looking at the floor because my mom always looks for money. And one time she found $100 bills. So, you know, it was great. But now that she's older, it makes her fall. We were walking just like on the street and all of a sudden she went head over and flipped up and her shoe went flying. It was so dangerous. I was so worried for her. And I kept on telling her, mom, you can't, you can't, you can't look at the floor. You have to look head up in straight and kind of see everything at once. So when you're looking in the front, you're looking for dangers in the road, but with your head raised, not straight down. Because we talk about this in the senior fit class, right? If you're holding something heavy, it does, like if you have um, something heavy, right? Your head weighs as much as a bowling ball, eight to 14 pounds. So if you're holding the bowling ball and it's going in one direction, even with something as small as this candle, if it goes in one direction, my body wants to go in the other, in that same direction. So if you ever see yourself falling, you, you are falling to one side, swirl your head to the other side and it'll bring you back up. But if you kept your head nice and straight over your spine, you're less likely to fall because your head is balanced over your spine. And it also um, protects your neck from having all this heavy, heavy pressure. So this is what happens when you have a head that's forward you have really weak chest, tight pecs. You have um, tight traps on your back and weak rhomboids. So we do a lot of things um, for seniors to bring your shoulders up and around and then tighten those backs. So we do a lot of openings for this reason, to stretch your tight pecs and to um, uh, strengthen your ROMs. So now the rhomboids and the lower traps are really hard to work out because they're kind of a pull or a push kind of motion. So during group exercise, that is a hard thing to do. Um, if you ever get to do the machines, Beverly, I know you like to do the machines. Um, the pull down machines is good, but make sure you're doing them properly. There's, there's pull downs that you can do improperly and hurt yourself. But those pull downs are good for trying to get your shoulders up and around. All right. So when we are doing this, we're looking at all the kinetic checkpoints and they are your feet, your knees, your hips, your shoulders, and your head. So those are the five things that we're gonna 
always check on when we are walking and moving and sitting and sleeping. So they are again, feet, knees, hips, shoulders, and head. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, right? All right, so we want our spine to be neutral, our shoulders to be back and down. We wanna engage the core, so everybody do this. Engage the core, suck in like your belly button, like you're putting them um, towards the back of your spine. Don't forget to breathe. Don't just suck it in and hold it, but make sure you draw in your belly button to your spine. Soften your knees so that they're not overextended and make sure they're in line with your second and third toe, yeah? And that your feet are pointed straight ahead. So if your feet are now pointed in a different direction, point your foot in one direction besides that, point it out, all of a sudden you are off balance. You see that how your weight has shifted, yeah? So then this is why when we do exercises, I always tell people to put their feet forward and their knees in the same direction because it's really important. And as we age, when we need to turn, no quick turning, twisty turnings, yeah? We wanna literally walk our feet and our knees all the way around to whatever direction that we're going. And that'll be a little safer. Okay. Bring your pillow. What happened to your pillow? Everybody got their pillow? Now think about how you sleep. Do you sleep on your back, on your side, in a fetal position, or on your stomach? That can really affect your spine. I know we talked about sleep last week, and, and this was came from last week's thing, but I didn't use it, so I stuck it in this one because I knew we were gonna talk about our, our posture and our spine. So if you think about it, if you sleep on your side and your pillow is very, very thin, guess what? Your head's going to be all twisted right? So you want to make sure that your spine is going to be nice and long and kept neutral like that in between the Urkel and the Beyonce. So you want to make sure that from your head through to your feet, you're going to have a nice neutral spine. So it's slightly curved in multiple places, but not excessively curved like this fetal position. Um, now, when you're sleeping on your stomach, it actually is very bad for you because it's twisting your neck all the way up. So it can put a lot of pressure on your joints and your muscles. Just letting you know. Okay. Now we talked about posture. Let's talk about your gait. The kinetic is basically forces along your body. So th we talked about that with the kinetic chain, right? So this is actually just the motion of your body. And then you can talk about the space and time. All right, now bring out your sneakers. Or your dress shoes. Good, everybody got, <laughs> you got this on your foot. <laughs> okay, so let's look at the bottom of our sneakers. Okay, now, these are sneakers that you've worn a lot, so you have to really pick shoes that you wear often, okay? Not like your brand new sneakers. Because this, if you haven't, shoe wear patterns can really help you determine if you need special things. Okay, now if you have a wear on the top and wear on the heel, you're actually doing okay. That actually is normal. This is where you're supposed to have wear when you walk. So the heel on this shoe shows um, 350 miles, and this is the same shoe with 100 miles. So at 350 miles, you see the sole starting to go. Um, for AFA, the Athletic and Fitness Association of America, we tell all the group exercise instructors that they need to replace their shoes after at, at, at maximum at um, 500 miles. So six months. So you really are supposed to replace your shoes that often if you walk a lot. So as soon as you see, starting to see the wear on your, on your um, toes or heels, that's a really good indicator. Just take a look at your shoes. Okay. Now this next one talks about soles, right? So if they change color, this will really help you because a lot of shoe manufacturers 
do design this so that you can see that it's being worn. Um, the other thing we look at is the cushion. So you see that this cushion is being worn because that is being compressed when it's being pushed on. So look on the bottom of your shoe in the inside is the cushion having any sort of signs of wear and tear. Um, the other thing is, yeah, this one is about 350 miles, which is 770,000 steps approximately. This one's a little harder to inspect, but if you see little wrinkles in there, that's pretty much a good indication. The other indication of checking for cushioning is on the exterior soles that you see little cracks along here. So that for me is usually where I see the most signs of wear and tear. Um, you can look on the inside of your shoes. Do you have any interior holes? And if you do, that is a really big sign that your shoe does not fit you. So you either need bigger shoes in that area because your feet naturally swell as you're walking because the blood's going to it. So when you're trying on shoes and buying shoes, do it in the afternoon when your feet are the largest because that's when your feet are largest. So check to make sure if you have any wear and tear in your shoes, that is a sign that your foot or your sock is rubbing against that area and that's where you can get bunions and stuff. Good job, Dave. He's very industriously checking. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Okay. Um, and then obviously, if you have any holes in the front of your shoe um, or around the ankle cuff, it's from friction and you really do need to replace your shoes when you see holes. All right. Now, the other thing is a lot of times people want to wash their dirty shoes, but soap and heat break down the glue. So if you do have to wash them, just wash them by hand and let them air dry with the mild soap. Um, and think about it because if you put them in the dryer, they, they will shorten the lifespan of your shoe. The other thing that you can do to increase the lifespan of your shoe is to buy a shoe that's half a size larger and put in an insole. So insoles can be very expensive. I mean, I've bought insoles for $20 each, you know, for a pair. And then if you do an orthotic one, it could be even more. But if, um, if you do a lot of walking, that might be, and you have plantar fasciitis or any of those other kind of issues, that might be a good investment to make. All right, now we're gonna talk about rhythm. So the gait cycle is your foot, when it first hits the ground, goes all the way back and then hits it again. So it is, it is this whole movement of all the way across. And that would only be for one leg. So this would be the um, right leg gait cycle for one leg. And there is um, lots of videos if you wanted to learn more about it. But the reason we need to talk about gait is because if you have a smooth rhythm, so if you walk, listen to yourself walking. Do you have any strange sounds or is it an even sound? Do you hear like clop, 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 clop? Because then, then this way, you know that one leg is not in sync with the other leg or is, has some sort of discrepancy. So then that's a time for you to say, okay, let's take a look, what's wrong? What am I, you know, what's happening here? Um, and it could be a variety of reasons. It could be from you sleeping and one leg is always stretched, one leg is always curled. It could be you drive a lot and one leg is always extended and pushed. So there's a lot of reasons why legs are different lengths. Um, and if it's over like 20 millimeters, then it, be centimeters, I'm sorry, then it becomes an issue. So there, there is something that you need to look at because, and be aware of, because then it also then affects your hips, which then affects your shoulders. So your whole body, again, is a chain. One thing that affects, it's not just knee pain, it's not just lower back pain, it affects your entire body. All right, 
So what we want to do is um, find a comfortable rhythm when we're walking. So if you're walking with friends, bear in mind that if they're a different height or if they have different leg length, they might not walk the same as you and might not be in sync with you. So the length of your stride should be comfortable and it, you shouldn't be overreaching with your toes or rotating your hips. So it's going to be very smooth. However, if you take the opposite, which is a bunch of small quick steps, that's gonna also throw you off balance. So you wanna do something in the middle that's very smooth and cylindrical. Additionally, um, if people have limping or pain on one side versus the other, if uh, your joints are not in line or if your leg is not and you keep repetitively doing that motion and it is bad for you, you're going to make that injury worse. So you can worsen an injury if you are not aware of, of your body mechanics and how you're walking. So the rhythm of walking is not generated from your legs, but it's actually generated from your guess. What I always talk about. Go ahead. Tell me. Hips. Who wants to guess? Where? Hips. Hips. Very close. Keep going. Arms. No. Close. Those are those are your uh, extensors. So, the, the more core? you move your arms, the core. Yes, core. So the rhythm of the walk is generated from your ab, abdominal muscles and your core. So if they're not strong enough, you're going to have to struggle to maintain an efficient and balanced walk. So you want to really draw in the in your abs while you're walking instead of just being loosey-goosey and swinging your arms around. The other thing that you mentioned, who mentioned arms? Was that Beth? Oh, yep. So Arms are really important because you want to have this nice swing of the opposite arm with the opposite foot. That keeps you in balance. So one of the things that we train with the seniors is lifting arms and feet, opposite arms and feet all the time because it is something that you train yourself out of. We try to, we end up going this way or that way and guess what, we're turning, right? But if we are nice and straight, it does keep us in balance. Now, not twisted, because then that'll bring us to the side, right? But it has to be straightforward and back. So that gate you can see from this person, the opposite arm, then comes in, and then the opposite arm. Yeah? Okay, so practice that when you're at home. The other thing to look at um, is with your dress shoes. This really um, is very apparent because the heels are the soles are usually very stiff and you can see if the bottom of your shoes have different amount of wear and that'll tell you if one leg is possibly taller or shorter than the other leg and also if you do end up turning in or out your knees so if you have any sort of see you have this short leg all of a sudden your knees are off this this knee is going to go in and then this hip is going to go in does that make sense? So then you'll end up having all sorts of pain down the road and it is like a opposite kind of pain. Like we were showing you in that one crooked leg earlier. So that is something to be aware of and do more research on and talk to your doctor about. Okay, I wanna get this wrapped up. Of course, I started talking and then I always end up finding all sorts of new things to talk about. So I'm not going to talk about working, walking abnormalities, but these are all different types of gates that are not good for your body. Limping, obviously, is one, but waddling, um, stepping with your toes pointed down, dragging their feet, uh, scissor gates, uh, scissor when they're like moving their knees slightly inward and their knees and thighs may cross or hit each other, or when they shuffle, right? So these are 
all ones, and I have another article for that, which is from Healthline in Stanford. It has a YouTube video for people with like Parkinson's disease and all sorts of other um, things that can happen. Now, if you're looking at running, that the tread wear patterns are going to be different than the ones that I showed you. So they'll have different patterns if you're running versus if you're walking. Hi, Michelle. Okay, quickly. When to see a doctor? See a doctor immediately if you cannot put um, weight on your foot or walk, have severe pain or swelling, open wounds, diabetes, and you don't you have wounds that aren't healing, um, signs of infection. So like in that case with my daughter, there was like a line of red coming up her leg. Uh, so those needs antibiotics. And also if your symptoms improve, but they're not gone after one to two weeks, you might also check with your doctor. Okay. And then if you have an injury, don't ignore it. Try the rice, you know, the rest, ice, compression of the nerve, and elevation above the heart. So when you get home, ice the injury for 10 minutes, and if after an hour, so I wouldn't ice it for too long because the inflammation is your body's um, response to tell you, hey, you done did something you shouldn't have. So it's like a warning flag. And what it does is also draws um, more blood to that area. So that is all good things. Okay. So now you don't want it to be too inflamed because then it'll cause a lot of pain, but you also don't want to have it um, not do what it's supposed to do naturally to heal. So you do you want to apply ice for 10 minutes, and then after 10 minutes, if you still have significant pain and swelling, if it hurts, when you press on it, um, or if it's at a joint, you might want to go and check with your doctor, okay, or go to emergency care, uh, urgent care center. Okay, best practices, very quickly, because we are running out of time. Um, the other thing that you can do really quickly for specialists is places that you can go for free, and you don't have to buy anything, but you can still ask them to get more information, is a local running shoe place, and you can bring in your sneakers, your old sneakers, to let them know these are the patterns that you have, and what kind of shoe would fit you best. Um, you can go to an orthotics store and they will give you a free arch, foot arch and weight pattern analysis. And it'll take you a while, it'll, it'll be like 45 minutes. But I'm not saying buy orthotics because those things are very uncomfortable. <laughs> but if you have a very flat foot, you will need to wear them. Um, but I would say start small and then build up because you have to retrain your feet to be arched again. The other thing you can do is go to a physical therapist and have your walking pattern or running pattern observed. And they can determine if there's things that you should do to bring your body back into balance. Okay, so the tips. If you did not see the article that, I mean the discussion that we had about water, go and do it. This was really good. We're all sitting there drinking water Cheers, right? Other thing is show me your water bottle that you guys use a lot. Okay, how big and how heavy is it? If it's really heavy and really big, you might want to consider switching hands after every so many minutes. Because when we're walking, the heavier one is going to be pulled out longer and farther than your other one. That might throw off your stride and your muscles. The other thing is to balance your load. So if you have a bag, where's your bag, your favorite bag or backpack? Good. How heavy is it? Is it always on one shoulder? Think about putting it to your other shoulder or think about putting on a backpack or roller bag. So if you're carrying, constantly carrying like, not school books, but you know, like you, if you do a lot of work for something that requires heavy, heavy things to be carried around. Like for example, I um, go on conferences and I teach and I have uh, 
my computer and my uh, projector and a speaker and all sorts of stuff. I stopped carrying a backpack, even though it's more convenient, and I got to a roller because it was causing me all sorts of back issues and finger issues. All right, terrain. So concrete surfaces are very smooth to walk on, unless it's cracked, right? But Florida's pretty good, and you can get a really good rhythm, but it does cause more wear and tear damage from impact. So cushioning is very important. Now, if you walk on uneven surfaces, such as woods or forests, you really have to be careful because it will throw you off balance. That being said, it's really hard to get that rhythm going, but it really will help you engage your core if you're careful and force you to maintain your balance. So that's balance training. Now, you have long and forgiving stretches like grass or wet sand. Those are probably really great for your joints and back, but you have to then watch out for hidden dangers like holes when, when they become uneven. Okay, time that you're walking. How much time that you're walking, you, you know, look at the heat in Florida, it's a big issue. Heat exhaustion is something that you have to really be aware of. Um, and how long you're gonna be walking, make sure you bring enough water for that. That, the terrain and the time walking really leads you to footwear. How much you need to support your hand, your, your feet. So if you're gonna walk out to your front yard or to the pool, you can wear your flip-flops. But if you're gonna be doing height, you know, like walking around, the flip-flops are not giving you enough support and protection for your toes. So this is a big thing in Florida, everybody wears flip-flops you really do have to um, be aware that if you're going to be walking for a while, maybe pack other, other shoes and then switch into your flip-flops. So what's number six? Always what? Engage your core. Say it with me. Engage your core. All right, good. Thank you. Um, when you walk, you want to pull your belly button inward as if you're trying to zip up your jeans, tight jeans. The other thing that we can do um, is try not to bend over at the waist when we are walking fast or uphill. So a lot of people like to do this and um, that's actually not good for you. So try to keep your spine long and lean your whole body slightly forward from your ankles if you wanna do that to go uphill. That of course is putting more force on your what? Achilles, right? So we do have to be careful not to overstress stress those tendons. Um, a thing that we can do to prevent schlumping that we didn't do earlier is to um, cross your arms in front of your waist and raise your arms like you're pulling on a shirt overhead. Grow tall, pull up, and then let them drop. Now all of a sudden your shoulders are up and back. So that's a good thing that you can do while you're walking. Yeah, to help you kind of get back into posture. And then shoulders up and around, okay. So you wanna grow tall as you reach, lower your arms. We do a lot of exercises in, the, in our Zumba classes like putting on the shirt and this same kind of motion, kind of open around in the back. Last thing we, um, I'm sorry, the other thing we can do is stretch. Tight hamstrings and tight hip flexors can really ruin your walk. So we want to make sure you stretch those muscles and you can always Google stretches for those. Um, another consideration is if you're walking your dog to do certain things to be safe when you're walking your dog. So things such as uh, how to hold the leash so that you don't hurt your hands or hurt your wrists or hurt your arms and um, kind of balance and things like that. The last thing I do want to talk to, to you guys about is a very big danger. It's called distracted walking. So you have people like this, and we, we've all seen people who have not been paying attention and smack into something or fall or do something. And that's funny because, you know, you're like, ha ha, you deserve it. But what happens is they did a study that, um, 
90% of people said that it's happened to other people, but only like a quarter of the people say that it's happened to them. So everybody thinks it's somebody else that's distracted walking, but not themselves. But it's not true <laughs> because it's, the numbers don't weigh up. So um, for the most part, I think we do um, try to be aware of using our cell phone and walking at the same time. So this also is not just outside. This is also inside your house. So we don't want people falling when they're walking inside their house. So if you are using your cell phone, not only do you not want to make sure your angle is down, that it's up, but also that you're not walking. So um, there's a lot of statistics about this. Um, people who are 50 to 69 years old have a 20% more chance of pedestrian deaths as of traffic fatalities. So there's a lot of um, things that you can do. So let's see. Basically, I want to make sure that everybody brings their shoulders up, levels their pelvis, swings their arms, and then you can walk safely to make sure that it's curing you and not hurting you. All right, so I'm going to stop the video because um, we are running over time. We started a little late and now we just ended right on time. But if you wanna stay with us after I end the video, we're gonna do some breakout rooms and some more exercises about kinetic posture and chain, okay? So let me end the video. Thank you very, very much everyone who's listening to us on the podcast or on the replay. My name is Shalane McLaughlin. You can find out more information at uh, shalanefit.com or for these series, get fit at shalane.com. So thank you very much. If you are with um, me today, I will send you all of a link to a Google Drive where you can get access to my uh, talking points and the PDF. And then if you are going to get fit.chalane.com, you can get the PDF as well, as well as links to the replay. So if it's helped you, please tell somebody else. All right. I'm going to stop the video. Thank you. Thank you very much. Stay with me.